lost a coin uh, this morning, and I know I put it down in here somewhere when I came in, and I've been around here with the guys, and we were up there talking and all the rest of it. But I remember taking a friend's children to the park. <laughs> and uh, there were two of them. One of them is called Bethany. The other one's called Charlotte. Some of you may know their parents, uh, Dave and Julie Hitchcock. And uh, I was responsible for these children. There is nothing worse than being responsible for someone else's kids. And you go to a park, and one of the children decides that things are better over there than where you are. And uh, Charlotte, um, sorry, Bethany, I can't even remember which one it was, Bethany went off for a bit of a wander. And I have to tell you, I'd lost her. I had completely lost her. And I knew, uh, this panic, absolute, anyone who's lost a child in here, this panic just started to well up inside of me. And my eyes started to, like, where is she? I was looking everywhere for her. Where is she? And every child looks the same when you've lost a child. <laughs> and so you were like, where is she? This blonde thing, where has she gone? Where is she amongst this mass of other children? And I couldn't, there was nothing else would distract me from it. I had to find her. The good news is she's still here. I did find her. But it made me go crazy looking for her. I was looking everywhere for her. And I wouldn't have left that park until I'd have found her. I was relentless in it. I was also very scared <laughs> about what would have happened if I'd have gone home with just one child uh, to Dave and Julie. See, when you've lost something, you will look everywhere for it, won't you? You'd be relentless in it. If that thing that you love is no longer there, you won't give up. You can't give up. There's something inside of you that bursts upwards and causes you to keep looking, to keep looking. There's a story I'm sure a whole bunch of you have heard before about a Spanish uh, uh, father who um, became estranged from his son. His son moved away from him. His son didn't want anything to do with his dad anymore. His son was called Paco. And after months and months and months of looking, the father just like, this is, what else can I do? So he posts an ad in the newspaper. And it simply says this, Dear Paco, meet me in front of the newspaper office in the square at noon on Saturday. A few days later, Saturday arrives. He's watching uh, the time pass by. He places himself outside the newspaper office for noon. That advert was put in a newspaper. 800 young men called Paco turned up. They were all missing from their father. See, when you love someone, when you really love someone, you won't ever give up trying to track down. I wish I could find that coin. Oh. Anyway, Hosea, um, minor prophet, short. You know, if you look in the Bible, there's some books which are long and others which are short. Anyway, Hosea, minor prophet. Hosea was written, here's a little bit of history for you, it's written about 715 BC, and it's about the events that took place between 753 and 715 BC and including the fall of the northern kingdom, the fall of Israel. 
but there's this kind of parallel theme that's going on uh, in the whole of Hosea, and it's this. It's only short. There's only 14 chapters. It's great. You can say, I read a book today in the Bible. It's only 14 chapters long, and it illustrates something in particular. The spiritual kind of adultery, the faithlessness of God's people and God's boundless love. So there's this big theme about God's love towards his people, and it's paralleled with the experience of Hosea and his marital troubles, okay? So you've got this recording of Hosea's tragic relationship, marriage, to his wife, Goma. And Goma is an adulterer. And she has a kid with Hosea, but then she has some more children. They're not his. There's this just relationship of unfaithfulness and adultery. Hosea separates from Goma and lives apart from her. And still she persists in her behavior. Her behavior doesn't change. But Hosea doesn't give up. Hosea sought her out relentlessly and rescues her from her lovers. You see, Goma, her unfaithfulness, she seeks out others who are not her husband. But Hosea seeks her out and ultimately rescues her. So there's this parallel story of the prophet and God's relationship with his people. It gives us a picture, doesn't it, of what God is like. I just want to show you, this is, you can relax, three minutes of cinema for you on a Sunday morning.
so there's this parallel. The relationship that Hosea and his wife have and this relationship that God desires, that God longs for his people. I don't know if you uh, think back, if you think back to Moses, uh, when Moses receives the Ten Commandments, there's this um, uh, set of uh, what look like rules, uh, you shall not, you shall not, you shall not, um, that we, we call the, the Ten Commandments. But if you understand a little bit about a Jewish uh, marriage, there's this agreement that happens between the partners. A set of vows, a set of promises. They get written down and they form something that's called a ketubah. Now to understand what's happening here in Hosea, we need to understand that God has always wanted this particular type of relationship with his people. If you think back to some of the language that we know is used throughout the Bible about God's relationship with his people, it is always betrothed, my beloved. I am your God. You will be my people. There's this whole sense of this beautiful covenant relationship between God and his people. I will take you as my There's a sense of the nature of God's love towards his people being this incredible, unrelenting, unbreakable love towards us. But as we see in the story of Hosea, and as we read through the the text, if you get a chance, read through it later. Us, God's people, you, me, them, all of us, we wander we wander. We fall to other gods. We are unfaithful. And God's people uh, at the time of Hosea writing were even worshipping military might instead of God. They were putting their trust in things that weren't God. And in chapter 6 of Hosea, Hosea um, speaks out. He says, you know what? Your love towards God is like the morning mist. It's there and then it's gone. In the heat of the moment, it's gone. Other gods chasing down other things other than God. And we end up, just like Goma, we end up lost and broken and with nothing. I can't even remember when this, and I'm not going to sing, so don't panic, just in case you're wondering. But you know that um, you may sing back when I say this. I'm just saying, some of you, you won't be able to resist it. (coughs) Just clear my throat, listen. Um, You know that line, I want to know what love is? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I want you to, yeah, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. Do you know what? God's love is so different to the type of love that we have. You know, the love that we express, even to those we love, is often, is often limited. Something happens and our love is bruised. Something happens and we realize that actually our love towards others is conditional. Something happens and we realize that actually our love responds to how they respond to us. Our love is a kind of love that if we feel like it, we withdraw from others. 
that's not the kind of love that we understand in this uh, book of Hosea that God has towards his people. It never has been. It never has been the nature of his love. In chapter 3 um, and verse 1, it says this. The Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved <coughs> by another man and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. Though they turn to other gods, gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. That is not a reference to the great British Bake Off, by the way. Uh, raisin cakes were used in the worship of other gods, okay, so just in case you were wondering, this is weird, raisin cakes. You see, God is saying, you need to love as I love. But it tells us that God's love is different, doesn't it? And there's this a brilliant word, and just getting ideas for a second tattoo. Um, there's this brilliant word, hesed, which sums up what God's love is like towards us. It's a word that means loving kindness. And it's completely different to the love that you and I have for one another and for those that we love. It's not conditional. This love is unconditional. It's like even if someone were to prize God's hand open, still he couldn't, uh, we couldn't be removed from his love. His love towards us is relentless. It is invincible. It is unbreakable. It is unstoppable, and it's always present. And it is that kind of love that this prophet is talking about, that he realizes this is how God loves his people. This is how God loves you and me. Whatever we've done, whatever we keep doing, however far we are, however lost we are, nothing can take us out of the grip of God's love. It is unrelenting love towards us. You know that old, old song, old hymn that people sing, Oh, love that will not let me go? That's what that is. Oh, love that will not let me go. God's love towards us. That's what this prophet is saying. God's love towards us is unrelenting. It will not let you go. And what is its purpose? The purpose of that love is the restoration of all things. The restoration of you and me, and the whole of creation to God. Even us. God's hesed. God's hesed pursues us. But we struggle to accept it, don't we? Or we try to earn it, and there's nothing we can... It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. God's love finds us when we're lost, when I'm lost, when my gods fall and my gods fail, God's love remains. When I stop running, when you stop running and there is nowhere else to go, when we're lost, when we're that kid in the playground and we actually can't see where we should be, that's where God's love pursues us to. And when there's nowhere else to go, then you crumble and you surrender in the face of that love, don't you? There's a story in the New Testament about um, 
Jesus being anointed by the sinful woman. Do you know that story? Um, where Jesus is having some food with a bunch of Pharisees. And, um, and in those times, it wasn't like you got an invitation list and then all the doors were shut once all those people were there. The houses were open to others to come in and they'd be hovering around watching what would be happening. So Jesus is having this meal with these Pharisees and they're asking him all sorts of questions. And then this woman comes in, a woman of ill repute, an adulterous woman, a woman who has done stuff wrong. And she stands behind Jesus and she weeps. Now that's in front of everyone. She stands behind Jesus and she weeps. And the tears fall on Jesus' feet. But in the face of Hesed, in the face of the loving kindness of Jesus, she goes from being standing to being floored. She crumbles. She falls to the floor and she anoints Jesus' feet with perfume. And then she wipes his feet with her hair. One of the most indecent things you could do in that time. She is floored by Hesed. She is floored by the unrelenting love of God. So the lost coin. I know it's here somewhere. The lost son, the lost sheep, the lost wife called Goma, the lost you, the lost me, all found by this incredible loving kindness of God. Hesed. You see, the people of God that Hosea is speaking about. <laughs> have wandered far. They've broken the covenant. They've forgotten the ketubah. It all began so well. You know, there was this amazing moment of encountering who God is, and then they went off and did their own thing. But even then, God's love would not let them go. And even for you, and even for me, God's love won't ever let us go. Why? Because God's love never gives up on us. was found but it wasn't just the real son it was all of those other sons who needed to know again that they were loved by their father so in Hosea in chapter 2 it was read to us we get these incredible verses verse 19 it says I will betroth you to me forever I will betroth you in righteousness and justice in love and compassion I will betroth you in faithfulness and you will acknowledge the Lord and then it says I will say to those called not my people you are my people and they will say, you are my God. 
loving kindness. Hesed. Unrelenting. Towards you and towards me.